Amen. All right. So if you have your Bibles, open your Bibles to the book of Psalms. Psalm 30. Amen. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to deal with verse 6 today. But I want to read the context to you so that way we'll get a good understanding of what we're, where we're going. Amen. Amen. Psalm 30 and verse 1 says, I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not let my enemies rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help. And you what? You healed me. O Lord, you have brought my soul from Sheol, that's hell. You have kept me alive that I would not go down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, you his godly ones, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may last for a night, but joy, but joy, but shout of joy comes in the morning. Verse 6, now as for me, I said in my prosperity, I will not or I will never be moved. I want to talk about, I want to start this new series, Don't Let Favor Change You. Amen. Many people desire success. There's not a person in this room today, in this church today, who desires not to be successful. We all have our shares of ups and downs in this life. And if I were to ask you today, amen, how did you get this far? You would probably say to me, if it had not been, come on somebody, for the Lord who was on my side. I believe that we all can testify to some degree that, that the fact that you're sitting in church today, that at some point in your life you have tasted where the Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I don't know about you, but I know that God has been good to me. Everybody here can testify, if you're in the church of God, I hope you can testify that if it had not been for the Lord who rescued you out of those things in your life, you would probably still be there today. Do I have anybody? There are many of us, amen, who can, who can say that when I, when I tried God, I found out that he is all right. <laughs> Amen. I found out that he woke me up this morning. He started me on my way. He's, he's put food on my table. He's taken care of me. And even over my experience with him, he has changed my mind. He's changed my way of thinking. He's changed my way of living. God can be credited for a lot. Do I have anybody? But I have another question for you. Amen. What has happened? Amen. And, and, and the question I have for you is, who has been blessing you? And that's a good question to ask because sometimes people may think it's them, is themselves. 
that by their own power, by their own might, by their own strength, that they have, amen, gotten this far in life. The question is, who has granted you favor? Amen. Who has protected you from the enemy's hands? If I were to ask right now, somebody here can testify that you should be dead and in your grave. Do I have anybody? Somebody here, you've been through so much in your life, pain and suffering and trials and circumstances. Amen. And God just seems to keep stepping in right on time. I got some people in here who have experienced the favor of God. Amen, amen, amen. And even with experiencing the favor of God, there comes a time, amen, in our lives when the enemy gets us to start doubting that it's God who rescued us. I got some illustrations for you. The children of Israel coming out of Egypt. Amen. They got out of Egypt. They, the Bible says that God heard their cry. They were crying out. Have you ever cried out to God? Anybody? Do I have anybody here who know how to cry? I mean, listen, you've cried out to God because your situation, amen, was jacked up. Do I have anybody? Amen. You had no one else but God. Have I had anybody like that? You, you were sitting there in that dark place, and you were asking yourself a question, how in the world did I end up here? How did I lose everything? How, how did I get to this place after I've worked so hard, come on somebody, to build my life up? I want to tell you, amen, that all of us can testify. Every one of us in this room today have a testimony of something that God has done for us. But I got another question for you today. How come, since you've been blessed, your commitments to God has diminished? How come, <laughs> amen, all those promises that you made to God hadn't come to pass yet? What happens to us saints, amen, amen, when success comes into our lives? Our writer experienced a moment of success. I'll explain to you about David. I got three points, but watch this. How come since you've been blessed, your commitments to God has diminished? You say, not me, but the truth be told, success can blind you. It can change you, and it can also humble you. See, it's all right to shout, but if you are not careful, we can end up where the psalmist end up. He was in a place where he had become bigger than life itself. Do I have anybody? And I want to tell you that all of us, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we have all gotten to this place, saints, where we have creeped into comfortability because the ease of life has, watch this, has entered. We have walked into a season of blessings. We have walked into a season of favor. There's a difference between success and favor. Favor comes from God. Favor is something that 
You don't deserve, but you get it anyways. Success is something that you that you create. Favor is something that God creates. And I'm talking to somebody here this morning, amen. You remember when, can, can we start to remember when, uh, uh, memory bank here? How many of you can say remember when? Yeah. I, re, I remember when. Yeah. I, how, how many of you can say, how many of you remember, right, amen, when you didn't have no money? Every time you got paid, somebody said, I feel like that now. Amen. Every time you got paid, amen, you paid your bills, amen, and then you were broke again. Let's play another remember when. Let me remember when. Remember when you couldn't hold a job? Remember when you were unemployable? Everywhere you went to get a job, they would not hire you. Anybody? I'm, I'm by myself. Oh, okay. All right. You, you, you remember... You, you remember how you lied on your resume? Come on, somebody. You, you, you made a resume that looked real good. Amen. I ain't going to tell you what I did, but amen. But I want to tell you something. Some of those resumes that we done put together, you remember when? You remember when when you had to watch this connive? Watch us, uh, 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 you know, do tricks and, and amen, fool people and lie to people to get stuff. But then when you met the Lord, you didn't have to do that no more. When you met the Lord, you didn't have to lie no more. Amen. You could tell homegirl that this ain't your car, this your mama car. But when you wasn't saying, you'd be like, baby, this is my car. Amen. Wait, listen, there's something about a man to God. There's something about when you meet God, you start telling the truth. Amen. Why? Because God changes your life. Amen. David in Psalm 30, it blew my mind. Of all the people in Scripture, but what I love about David, y'all, he was an honest man. David sinned with Bathsheba, right? For two years, right, David walked around like nothing happened. Remember when? <laughs> Isn't that what we do? <laughs> we do stuff and act like it didn't happen. But, but watch this. But it took a man of God, amen, to come to David and say, David, now let me, let me give you an illustration. See, sometimes, amen, certain people can't handle the truth. So what God has to do to pull them out, of a living a lie is he has to send someone watch this with a parable <laughs> amen and so Dave, God sent a man sent a man with a parable say listen there's a man who was mistreated he said man I kill him he said that man is you David immediately felt the watch this, the conviction and he repents so he writes Psalm 51 when you get a chance when you go home Read it. Psalm 51 is about David's repentance because it had been revealed that he was living wrong. Now, David is a man after God's own heart. I told you I got three points. Let me get to the context here. Watch this. David is a man after God's own heart. David at this time, watch this. David was on the run from Saul for a very long time. 
David was anointed king, but yet not appointed king. Some of you feel like that. You have the anointing. Come on, somebody. You feel like you can do greater things for God, but yet you're not appointed yet. But if you keep living... Come on, somebody. Eventually, God will put you right where you need to be. You better hold on because God is not through with you yet. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, God is not through with me yet. You may be anointed, but not yet appointed. And so David here is at a point now, watch this. He wrote this psalm, watch this, at the pinnacle of his life. He wrote this psalm at the point in his life where he was literally untouchable. David had gotten so big. Oh, I wish I had somebody. Listen, listen, listen. He went from running to being the king. He went from being a fugitive, come on somebody, to the king of Israel. Do I have anybody? You see, God got away of taking ordinary people, amen, and promoting them, watch this, to places that they would have never gotten on their own. Listen, I want to tell you something. God want to promote some of you. And on this Palm Sunday, hallelujah, I want to encourage you today to let you know the, the best is yet to come for your life. David here now is at the point in his life where he is the man. He has experienced God's blessings, and you would think all those years of running. May I say this to you? Don't forget your fugitive days. Don't forget the days when you were struggling. Amen. When you didn't have no money to buy no milk for the baby. When you didn't have no money for pampers and you didn't have no money for food and you didn't have no money to do nothing. You, listen, I remember those days. You see, a lot of us make those promises when we are at the lowest point in our lives. But can I tell you something? Favor can change you. Favor can change you. Favor can cause you to think that the gift that you have, that you thought you developed it. That you got it because you were born that way. Let me tell you something. God gave it to you and God can take it. And here's the thing. If you're not using it, you're going to lose it. Do I have anybody? But you remember when? Let's talk about the remember when. Remember when, watch this, you were running to do whatever you want, whatever God wanted you to do. You were ready and able, but now you're big time. Now favor got you. Favor got you thinking, guess what? They don't need me. But let me tell you something. There's always a need in the body of Christ for you. Amen. There's always a place for you. Amen. You are the most important commodity we have in the church. Do I have anybody? But when favor gets you, you start thinking, they don't need me, but that's a lie from the enemy. And so David now, watch this. He went from, he went from running Watch this, to being king. Watch this. In his years on the run, he was what? He was humbled. Now, all of a sudden, it's amazing how quick humility can leave you. You see, favor can change you. 
Favor is not supposed to change you for the worst. It's supposed to change you for the best. Watch this. Watch this. David. Now, now, now here's, what, here's, here's the reasons why David had begotten the big head. He got the big head. Watch this. David was making a public dedication of his house. He went from living in a cave. Oh, y'all ain't trying to hear me today. To now they built him. He built himself this massive crib. Cribs ain't got nothing on him. Amen. This palace was so humongous and beautiful. Listen, David went, listen, you take a man from a hole in the wall. Somebody said it rags to riches. You take him, listen, he was living in the cave. At one point, he was living in the enemy's camp. Watch this. So he went from a man on the run in a cave to a man in a palace. May I say this to you? Favor can change you. Watch this. Watch it. David, a spiritual man that he was, he carelessly allowed, watch this, his spiritual building to fall into a state of despair. You see, favor can mess up your spiritual life. God never meant for favor, watch this, to cause you to leave him. In other words, God thought that when I bless you, now even though he knows everything, watch this, it's a test. So what he meant when he gave you the favor, when he gave you the blessings, he gave it to you, watch this, so that you would be even more grateful to him. Do I have anybody? And I, listen, I want to tell you something. It has happened to the best of us. <laughs> Amen. So, so watch this. Here's what happened to David. David had begotten, gotten so big that he was moved to number Israel. Now, his numbering of Israel, God told him, don't number is, don't count how many people you have. Watch this. He says, you just go out and what? Fight. David wanted to know he had 700,000 men, and by his numbering, he caused 70,000 to die. You see, favor can cause, watch this, favor can backfire. Oh, Lord, that was rich right there. Favor can backfire on you. You got to be careful. Watch this. Look at verse 1. Let me show you a man. Now, now from where we're reading, we're reading backwards. Because from verse 6, he's talking about how he got to that state. But verses 1 to verse 5, watch this, he, he's in a repentive mode and he's talking about all that God had done for him. Watch the text. The text says, I will extol you, O Lord, for you have what? Lifted me up and have what? Not allowed my what? Enemies, what? To rejoice over me. Oh, I give God praise for that. I give God praise for that. When my enemies thought, listen, he says, God, I'm going to praise you because my enemies didn't get the better of me. But it's, watch it, it's problematic when you move into ease and your enemies have left you alone and then you forget the Lord. Do I have anybody? See, that's what happens in a life of what? Favor. Watch the text. Look at verse 2. He says, O Lord, my God, 
I cried to you for help. Now, here's what had happened to David. Because of his pride, he had gotten sick. God struck him with a sickness. But watch this. Watch his testimony. He says, Lord, you have what? Healed me. Thank God for his healing power. And you know, you know what? He brought this on himself. But God had to bring him to a place where he had to recognize, I didn't get here by myself. Saints, I want to encourage you. Be careful that you don't allow the blessings of this life to fool you into thinking that it was all you. David said, you healed me. Verse 3, oh Lord, you have brought my soul at some point. Watch this. When he disconnected from God, come on somebody, he felt like he was going to hell. Anybody catching any hell up in here right now? Anybody here this morning? Hallelujah. You feel like you're going through some hell right now? He says, the Lord will bring me up. Look what he says. You kept me what? Alive that I would not go down to the pit. Verse 4. Sing praises. Now he's back to praising. Sing praises to the Lord. You his what? Godly ones. And give thanks to his holy name. Now I've heard a lot of preachers preach that next verse. But they never talked about what happened before that verse and after that verse. Because here's what David understood about when favor changes you. He understood that God gets angry. He says, but his anger is but for a moment. You see, it takes a long time for God to get angry. The Bible says he's slow to anger. I'm saying one more time, he's slow to anger. But what David says, even in his anger, is but for a brief moment. Do I have anybody? Watch the text. He says, but his what? His favor. I'm saying one more time. His favor is what? His favor is for what? A lifetime. Watch this. So this is the reason why you can't allow favor to change you because once you're a child of God, your favor is not just for a moment. Your favor is not just for a season, but your favor is for a lifetime. God is not that kind of God where he loves you, watch this, because you're performing for him. No, no, no. He loves you because you are his child. And his faith, listen, some people have caused favor to change them. They're still blessed. They're still living good. Listen, they haven't lost anything. But guess what? God is sitting back saying, when are you going to change? When are you going to realize? When are you going to understand that what you have, you didn't get it for yourself. I gave it to you because my favor, hallelujah, is for a lifetime. He says right here, he says, weeping, hallelujah, to his holy name may last for a night. But what? But now, now David is experiencing this weeping for his, watch this, for his misinterpretation of favor. Watch the text. The text says, weeping may last for a night. But what? But shouts of joy will come.
come in the morning. His favor, can I ask you a question this morning? Has favor changed you? It's easy to get distracted by money and easy life and success. Do you remember when? <laughs> Hallelujah. When there was one income in the house? I wish I had somebody. Do you remember when? Hallelujah. When you couldn't see whether you were going right or left or right or right or left? Do you remember when you were struggling, but God changed that situation for you? Give God a praise for that. Can, can I ask you a question? What should you do if you've been deceived by success? I got three things. Let's look at it. Verse 6. He says, now, now this is the part that I, what I love about David is the fact that David was a man that when he was wrong, some of us, we hear the word, we're convicted by it, but we're still stuck in stubborn. We're still stuck in pride. We're still stuck in a place, watch this, where we won't surrender. We're going to keep face. No, that ain't me. I don't know what you're talking about. You need to hurry up. Shoot, I hear him, but I'm tuned out right now. Don't be that stubborn where you don't see yourself in Scripture. Come on, somebody. David said, now as, now you can't miss this. He says, now as for who? For me. You know how people are so easy to point out your stuff. Come on, somebody. Listen, they're so easy to point out your stuff that they're not, watch this, they're not even looking at themselves. So the first thing I want to give you, give me my first point. First point is this. First thing you must do is you must take an honest assessment of yourself. David said, now as for me, ask yourself the right question right now. Have I forgotten? That's the right question. Have I forgotten? Here's another question for self-examination and assessment. Have I changed? Am I only thinking of myself? David is writing now after he realized that he had changed. Saints, I got to ask you, have you changed? And if you've changed for the worse, today you can come to Hosanna. And guess what? <laughs> Hallelujah. He can change you back. The beauty about Jesus is that his, watch this, his favor is for a lifetime. You have lifetime favor. But don't you forget, watch this, David writes, watch this, watch this, God did not bless you so you would become full of yourself. Listen, it's not your gift. How dare you? How dare you think that you can do it by yourself? How, when did you start thinking, amen, that you were all that without God? Oh, yeah, God can take your mind. He can take your sense. He can take your common sense. Come on, somebody. Amen. You have the Holy Spirit, but when you get into a place, watch this, you got to take an honest assessment of yourself today and ask yourself, have I lost my mind? Take 
an honest assessment of yourself. David said, now as for me, watch this. As for me, I said, now, now you know this is a little bit of insanity right here, okay? Watch this. He said, I said in my what? Prosperity. Let me tell you what this word prosperity means. It's not money. See, some of us think it's money. You know what it is? Security. To be at ease. Have you ever been to that place? Where you ain't got to worry. You're just at ease. You just, listen, you got a little few dollars in the bank. Come on, somebody. Amen. You done saved up a little bit. Amen. You're right there. You're at ease. Watch this. The word means to prosper. It indicates, watch this, a state of peace. Prosperity often tempts us with a false sense of security. My next point. Amen. Not only must you take an honest assessment of yourself, but you must, you may develop what? A false sense of what? Security. May I ask you something? Who are you putting your trust in? Listen, your bank accounts and bonds and 401s and whatever you have, it can leave you like this. But the question is, who gave it to you? That job that you just got? You think, oh, yeah, yeah, this is, listen, listen, it can leave tomorrow. See, this is a dangerous place to put yourself into thinking that you've brought yourself this far. David says, I said, watch this. You ready for this? He became, you may want to write this down somewhere. He became intoxicated by his success. Amen. Prosperity does not just mean money. It is security. It is a state of peace with no worries. And then you say, I don't need God. I don't need Bible study. I don't need church. I don't need them. I'm doing this all by my. Listen, it was never meant to ruin you. Come on, somebody. Prosperity and success was never meant to ruin you. God wants glory. If, you, if, you've, been, if you've been blessed, oh, give him glory. Oh, come on and give him glory. Oh, man, oh, man, y'all. I just showed you some, talked about some people who are literally living in a place where they can't even say Jesus. They can't even say Jesus. But prosperity, watch this, and you'll have people like that too that come here to the United States and they'll change. Saints, I hope it doesn't happen to you. Don't let favor change you. Don't develop a false sense of security. Listen, you know, you know, you know what, what's amazing? I, I listened to this uh, John Maxwell, and one of the things he said is he said that the greatest gift that you can give, the greatest thing you can do with your life is to give. 
He says, that's where happiness is found. When you can give what you have to help somebody else. Not just hoarding. I remember having thousands of dollars saved up. Thousands. Because I'm a good steward. But not because I was a good steward. Because of the favor of God. I remember not even have to ask nobody for anything because I remember how, how favored I was. See, because I loved God. Watch this. I loved his church. I loved the man of God. See, I, hey, I know where my blessings is tied into. My blessings is tied into the man of God because the favor of God was upon my life. And God was blessing me through other means. God was blessing me, and he's still blessing me, but watch this, I had accumulated a whole bunch of money, right? And I thought to myself, man, I'm cool. I ain't got nothing to worry what, 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 what. Listen, when you got that kind, when you got 15, 20, 30 grand in an envelope, and you could just, you could sit at home and be like, I don't care what happened. They ain't got to tie, they ain't got to do nothing. <laughs> they ain't got to pay me. Y'all following me? I wasn't worried about payment. But you know what the Lord started sharing with me? He said, you, you done got big. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to allow some things to happen. And then all of a sudden, some strange things start happening. I'm like, what in the world is going on here? Hold on now. Now listen, I ain't touching that envelope. <laughs> but I was forced to touch. Y'all ain't trying to hear me. Y'all ain't trying to hear me. So let me tell you something about false security. When you put your faith in something that will fail or it'll fail do i have anybody it will fail you like money will fail you and let me tell you something all of a sudden i had to go into that envelope and it was one thing after the next after the next and it wasn't that i wasn't tithing god was trying to show me derek you got to put your trust in me now i've taken that from you now how much do you love me And I've watched God in the midst of all of that still bless us because I had to change my focus because in my prosperity, in my prosperity, I felt so secure, John, because guess what? I had overtime. Amen. I was doing everything but amen. I had all this stuff. And I'm talking to somebody here. You there right now. You, you got it going on. I got it. Amen. Bless you. But your favor came from God. You got to remember where it came from. Don't let it change you. Amen. Now everything is good. Y'all doing well. You may have a few little struggles, but guess what? You're not what you want. You're not in that pit anymore. You're, you're, you're not in that, that, that struggle anymore. I, I remember some of you when you came. Come on, somebody. I remember how deep you were. Hallelujah. But I've watched God favored you. I've watched people get cars that didn't have cars. I've watched people get good jobs and promotions and all kinds of blessings, but it changes us. It's not just me. It changes us. Watch this. Watch this last point. You ready for this? Look what he says. He says, in my prosperity, 
I said, I will what? I will never be what? Moved. You can't have my position. It's my job. Mm. Give him my last point. He says, I will never be moved. Here's what you may think. You may think that you're untouchable. But when your kids act up, when you and your wife can't get along, when y'all constantly at each other's throat, when nobody get along with you at the job because you got a bad attitude. Come on, somebody. We're talking about it. When you go to school and you can't get no good grade, you can't even get an A, a B. You can't even get a D. Now, you know you ain't got no favor. You can't even get a D. I mean, at least a C <laughs> on something. You can, every time you open your mouth to talk to your spouse, it's a turn into argument. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm talking, I'm talking to you now. Amen. Come on, say amen. Amen. Y'all look good on Sunday, but y'all can't get along in the car. Even in the car to church, there's no peace. Untouchable because you're untouchable. But, oh, God got a way of touching you. He got a way of touching your life to remind you, I'm God. You know how you got there? Come on, somebody. David was reflecting, and he realized his great sin. Here's what one writer said. Watch this. Listen to this. It's, a, it's an old, uh, it's a Wycliffe uh, commentary. Look what he says. He says, when fortune smiled upon me on every side, and no danger appeared to, to occasion fear, my mind sunk, as it were, into a deep sleep, and I, watch this, I flattered myself that my happy condition would continue, and that things would always go on in the same course. Mm. He said he fell into a what? A deep sleep, and he felt, I will never be moved. Saints, I want to tell you something. Prior to his sickness, he boasted. But if you read verses 1 to verse 5, you see how humble he is because he realized, man, I'm not untouchable. Wednesday night, I left the school, the seminary, came home and had 102 fever. Body pain. In one night, I was struck down. Have you, have you been sick like that before? I'm talking about in one night. And I'm saying, God, well, now, what, now hold on now. Hold on now. I done put this message together. What's, what's going on? But here's the thing. God showed me right then and there as an illustration. You're not untouchable. I can touch you. You don't want me to touch you like that. But if you keep believing and if you keep living with my favor and my blessings and you keep turning your back on me and you keep treating me like anything else, like you treat everybody else, I love you and my favor will be with you, but you're not untouchable. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, 
you're not untouchable. There are many parents who have ungrateful kids. And guess what? It's very frustrating. Parents spend so much time working, providing for their children, watch this, and to give them so much at no cost to their children. Free food, free housing, free clothes, free spending money, free tennis shoes, free gas, free air to breathe. <laughs> Thinking about all this, it will make a mom or dad mad. Parents do all this because what? They love them. However, most kids don't recognize or appreciate the free gifts. They only see, watch this, the restrictions and watch this and want to complain. Here's what they say. How come I can't go? How come I can't stay out late? How come I can't have this? How come this? How come that? Anyone who understands the perils of living with an ungrateful teenager understand how God feels about our ungrateful, uh, about his ungrateful kids. God gives good things day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, and his children miss his goodness and his grace. We're constantly saying, why, why, how come? Saints, as I close, don't let favor change you. Don't let favor bring you to the place where you quit God because you are now safe. Safety can fool you. But if you stay committed to him, Stay faithful to him. Be like David. Listen, if you are here today and you are right here, I said in my prosperity, I shall not be moved. And you have a false sense of security today. I want to open the doors of the church today. And I want to invite you to be strong enough, to be wise enough today. To say, Pastor, I got a little comfort.